Please state your name for the record. Hi, I'm John Knack. I'm Chris Parrish. I'm Brent Simmons. You are listening to The Record. The Record brings you all the stories you should know about the Apple development community. This is season one, Seattle, before the iPhone. Today, we're recording at the offices of Adobe Systems in Seattle. Our guest is John Knack. John is a former designer and a longtime product manager at Adobe Systems, where he's led the charge on iconic software such as Adobe Live Motion and Adobe Photoshop. John, it's great to have you here today. It's great to be here. Thanks, guys. I'm curious about being a, kind of an, a, an official blogger for Adobe. Your, the URL of your blog is actually at blogs.adobe.com slash John Knack, which will be in the show notes. Uh, so what has that, that been like? I mean, obviously, there's you know, some tension probably between the things you might say, you might think to say, and then, you know, the official company line. Never, never. Never any <laughs> no, tension no. at all? I'm, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with corporate always. Well, of course you are. <laughs> um, but between you and me and, and our, you know, million listeners, right. uh, uh, occasionally, um, you know, is that something you've learned to deal with fairly easily? Or uh, is it still a case-by-case basis kind of thing? Or well, know, how does that work? You know... Um, Kurt Vonnegut has this idea of uh, grand falloons, which is this notion of, you know, any company or group or, you know, any organization doesn't really exist. Like, you can't go shake Adobe's hands. Like, Adobe doesn't exist. It's just a, you know, sort of a legal construct and a bunch of people who agree to show up somewhere. Um, so it's really hard to, to get to know a company, but at least you can get to know people. And, you know, sometimes... Um, well, generally speaking, I'm, I'm really proud to work here. Um, and sometimes it's hard uh, for people to understand things from the outside. They don't necessarily see the, the internal processes that lead to a decision. And so what I've tried to do is just uh, humanize things a little bit and say, like, hey, I'm just a guy. I love photography, illustration, design. I'm just going to talk about the things that inspire me. And um, you know, then very periodically talk about things related to the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's generally worked out well, and um, what what I'll, I'll I'd candidly say is, you know, in a big company, sometimes it's just hard to get out of your own way. There's a you know despair.com. They have those parodies of the successory posters. Oh yeah, and yeah. one of them, uh, something like teamwork. It says none of us is as dumb as all of us. You know, <laughs> and so like the more people you put together, the the more lethargic things can become. And sometimes it's like hey, here's what we should tell people. And then you say it to somebody, and they're like, yeah, yeah, why don't we say that? Well, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a blog just because it's so hard uh, sometimes just to spit out the words. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a big company, like getting a, an update to a product page, there are good reasons for some of this stuff. Uh, you know, it just takes a long time, and you got to talk to the guy. Right, sure, to right. I always say, like, if I asked Adobe to move this can of Coke across the table... <laughs> You'd spend like six months with VPs debating, like, now do we want to be in the fluid transportation business? And like, I don't know, you know, childhood obesity and high fructose right. corn syrup. Like, or you could just move the coke. Mm. And and that's the thing, you know, that's it's great in a big organization. You always know the lights are on. There's the money that's going to come to your um, bank account and everything. But it can get in its own way. And mm. so for me, uh, and for a lot of people who just really like talking to customers because they were customers before they came here, um, blogs are a great outlet where you can just kind of um, Uh, cut right to the chase and sort of, you know, say what you mean and do what you say. Mm. So can any Adobe employee get a a blog on adobe.com? Yeah, as far as I know. That's Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it is. You know, it's interesting. um, For a while, there was a push. uh, to like, oh, everybody should blog. And Mm -hmm. most people don't want to. Yeah. And, you know, as as you guys know, it's like it, it takes a certain special 
I don't know, itch or madness or something to keep yeah. keep this thing alive and keep putting yourself out there. You'd see a lot of like two and done blogs where you could tell somebody had just one thing to say, mm-hmm. but they would do an intro hello world post like, hi, I'm so and so. and Okay, now the second post is the thing I want to say and third post there isn't one. Right. Sure. You know, there's no step three. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it has to be something that that either comes from passion or frustration or some mixture. Some just, yeah. you know, generally my MO. So, you know, I think that yours is one of the first sort of corporate blogs I ever read. Like, I've lived in a little isolated Apple bubble and didn't really get into following a lot of the general tech bloggers that were popular in the days. And there are no Apple blogs. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's one reason I don't work at Apple. Right. Yeah, exactly. right. I interviewed yeah. there and they were like, we love your blog. I said, that's the first thing you'd shut down. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Said, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, um... I'm curious, did you, were you the pioneer of that at Adobe or had did someone else started it before you got involved? Or? Uh, no, I had been pushing for a long time. Uh, we started in, I think, August 2005. So it's actually like yeah. eight years now. I can't mm. believe it. Uh, it's like 4,000 posts and God knows how many comments. Um, but yeah, I'd really pushed for it because, like I say, um, sometimes you just want to get timely info out there. Yeah. And I just wanted to cut out the middleman. It's like, hey, yeah. if it was... Yeah, three of us in a room and we were a company, you would just put it on the website and that would be the end. Um, yeah, right. So uh, I figured, hey, this this could be a lot quicker and, and more efficient. And then um, when there have been, you know, difficult things to talk about, like um, the whole transition to Cocoa and 64-bit and, you know, Carbon 64 going away and, and all these things, um, it's been a great place to engage with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's not a lot of fun because people are mad for sometimes decent reasons um but at least you can say like hey uh, i'm not happy about this either but here's where we are and here's why here's right. what we're going to do going forward and um i i'd like to think you know there's often sort of a silent majority of people it's you know it's human nature people complain you know they, they're, they're quiet when they're happy and they complain yeah right know, other times yeah. but at least it uh, it helps get the story out there and mm. even if folks disagree it's like well you took the time to you know not only blog this thing but then engage in the comments Right. Um, so I've, I found it really good. I, I feel like I, mean, I came to Adobe because I was just basically, I still say I'm an unfrozen caveman web designer. It's like, your, <laughs> your ways are strange to me, this Excel PowerPoint stuff. You know, and mm-hmm. I came here to make the software that my friends and I wanted to use. Um, but it's tough because, you know, now I would be a killer PM for email, you know, because that's what I do all day, <laughs> right? I don't actually get to design anything. Right. And um, at least the blog is a way to stay closer to folks it's not it's not a substitute for doing the work but it's at least a way to, to keep your ear to the ground a bit better mm-hmm. right i've always appreciated how uh you've been able to bring a real human voice to adobe through well, that thanks. blog like you were saying and in those situations that are tense people always assume the worst and then exactly. the corporate response is never satisfying it's so you know dehuman mm-hmm. uh i think Really, Adobe's benefited from the fact that you have that blog out there and can talk to them like a person, telling them how it is and not having to filter it. And I think that's a great thing. I'm glad that you do it. Thanks. Thanks. So the the downside to that, though, sometimes some outraged, frustrated person yeah. finally has reached a human, and, <laughs> and it's you. Right. Uh, <laughs> has that been a problem often? Or no. You? No. Honestly, it, it isn't. I mean, the worst I can say is sometimes you get an awful lot of email just because it's, um, you know, either comments coming through or, you know, I've put my email address out there. It's like, hey, you want to talk to somebody or my Twitter handle or whatever. Um, You know, and it's like, look, I used to work at the Olive Garden in San, or uh, 
South Bend, Indiana. That was horrible, right? That was a tough job, right? And that job is a lot nicer than a lot of jobs. I never want to go back to the Olive Garden. Mm. And um, so it's like, if I think I'm having a, you know, a hard day or something, come on, man. You know, right. it's like, yeah. so right. you, you take some shots. You'd be back at the Olive Garden. Were you a cook or a waiter? No, or? I was a I was a server. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I got to follow the servers and learn about, uh, this is the, the tiramisu. It's an Italian lady finger soaked in espresso. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all like St. Sebastian. It's like catching arrow after arrow. Like, oh, God, like, this is rough. Uh, and, you know, people just want to make you get as many breadsticks as possible. Like, right. I, they don't even want breadsticks, but they just want to see the monkey jump. Uh-huh. So... You know, whatever. My worst day on the blog is better than my best day there. Yeah, that's cool. Were, were you a blogger before uh, doing it for Adobe? No, I wasn't. Um, it's funny to think 2005 sounds so long ago, and yet things were still kind of um, just getting going. It felt like you mm-hmm. know, like we were on movable type, and um, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and I was I, the I hot like, stuff in those days. Well, yeah, yeah, I like to say certain words like debabilizer because then they make like a piece of dust fall off your brain. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Gift builder. Oh, God. Yeah, that's yep. right. And anarchy. Oh, God. You know. So, yeah, movable type now is is already kind of long gone. Um, but, no, I, I know folks were blogging before that, but it wasn't it wasn't done so commonly, I think. And, mm-hmm. and certainly, um, yeah, I, I had just gotten one going on my personal site. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have kids, and so now I, I have a kid blog and uh, right. and the work blog. Oh, okay, makes yeah. sense. You were you were a designer before coming to Adobe. How, yes. how did you get into um, uh, using Max and doing your work on Max in the first place? Yeah, so um, so I remember it was my friend's uh, eight year old birthday party. Oh, well, sorry, it was his. Eight, he had, was turning eight. I should qualify that because now I have friends with eight year olds, um, but. But when I was a kid, this was 1984, I went to this kid's party, and they had just gotten a Mac. Mm. And, you know, all the other kids are running around, eating cake, you know, going swimming in the pool. And I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, this was total, like, 2001 glowing monolith kind of thing. And normally I was the kind of kid who would share and really play with others. Oh, you take the bike. It's okay. Not this time. Mm. No, no. (laughs) Because I I grew up drawing. I remember one of my first memories was being – three years old in the Algonquin Hotel with my parents visiting New York and learning to draw a car on the napkin mm-hmm. and just drawing like 5,600 cars, like filling every napkin with the right. same car. And so I loved drawing growing up. And I remember, um, as you guys probably do, you know, like the Apple II and like the PC yeah. Junior and, mm-hmm. um, you know, drawing stuff like literally pixel by pixel, right. you know, yeah. with like basically ASCII art. And so, you know, the Mac was the first time it was like, oh, my God, it's actually like a white background and black lines, mm-hmm. and you can draw stuff. And, you know, there was like, here's clip art of Ronald Reagan, and you can give him googly eyes. And right, it's like, right. you know. Uh, you know, that's a good point. The, the Mac, the color scheme seemed inverted yeah. compared to everything right, we, right, we'd ever right. used. Yeah. And I think it, it, and, was. But it, seemed it was. It was white. Yeah. yeah. It was but really it hard like, for them to do that. I think there were these ah, technical reasons. And, uh, you know, years later, uh, Bill Atkinson has come in and talked at Adobe about building Mac paint and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the different tools and uh, how hard it was to do those things. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they were really pushing the limits of, yep. of the hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's such a, such a treat to meet somebody like that because it's, and I'm sure many people have told them this, but it's like, that was a life changing thing for yeah. me, like to, to use Mac paint. I remember the first thing I ever drew was a prison because I love the flood fill with patterns and they had a brick pattern. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right, all right, yeah, uh-huh. well, like, I totally need to draw something that has a lot of bricks in it because I want to fill it with these bricks. Yeah, That's just can, such a, the best thing that, to, yeah. ever. Uh, so, 
That's, that's probably a Rorschach test. What did you draw with the brick pattern for, it might for be. 10 year olds? Right. You know? Totally. Yeah. For some kids, it's a castle, others, it's a prison. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what am I saying? I'm sure there's some latent Catholicism in there somewhere. But uh, so that was, you know, that was early to mid 80s. And, um, you know, it wasn't until college that I could actually afford a Mac. I'd ask mm-hmm. my parents for years. And, and I did finally talk them into an Apple II GS back in the nice. day because uh, that had the color screen. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, princely, you know, half megabyte of memory. And, um, but you could, you know, you could actually draw on it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't very satisfying. And, you know, anyway, in college, um, you know, I was on a blazing a path to having no marketable skills, you know, nice, great books to so college is for it. Hey, right. Yeah, where'd you, know, you go to school? Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, um, it was during my freshman year, I had a humanities seminar and the prof was very, you know, kind of spacey, you know, touchy feely dude. And it was like, go do a self-expression project. And, you know, one kid brought us to a basketball court and shot hoops and talked while he did it. And it was something about his childhood or something. And another guy, uh, you know, played music and, um, people made short films. Anyway, um, I found the educational technology lab. They had the cool Macs, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the Quadra 840 AV, you know, Oof. and yeah, right. Right. I know your hair is mm-hmm. just like whipping back <laughs> yeah. um, right here. A uh, Quadra. Wow. Right. But you yeah. remember, no, remember, remember that, that. literally yeah. that, that first Quadra ad with the, you know, the, the footage was probably on like Skyline or something near, near Cupertino, you know, they filmed it and, but it was video on a computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I just need you to sit down and I'm going to say that again, video on a computer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, those guys had that gear and you know, I, I taught myself a lot of tools that were current then. So there was Photoshop, uh, director was the big mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was like Supercard, and, mm-hmm. um, and I got so into it that eventually they offered me a job. They said, well, do you want to teach, uh, the professors how to do this stuff? You know, put courseware online. Wait a minute, yeah, yeah. teach the professors. <laughs> I know Wait. The, the child has become right. a father. Yeah. Or yeah. Sort of, right. yeah, and and I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Five bucks an hour. Yeah, Hell no, yeah. I pay you the five bucks, or you pay me. <laughs> right. how this work? But either way, I um, so yeah, I spent a couple of years doing that in school. In fact, probably to a fault because I totally burned out in, on on philosophy classes and got depressed and and dropped out. And that's how I ended up working at the Olive Garden in South Carolina. Uh, yeah. um, From Kierkegaard to breadsticks. Exactly. That's a, you know, F you Kant, I'll show you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I got your breadsticks right here. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I took that job and I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I ended up only out of school for a semester. But during that time, um, I had the good fortune of hearing about um, a guy in the NFL who had played ball at Notre Dame. And... He, of course, now had all his money, and so he bankrolled what we would now call a startup, although nobody called it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically just a little dot-com web shop, and they were going to mm. do advertising in the local area. And it was funny because, you know, especially in that town, um, you know, the football players are the, these literally big celebrities, these huge dudes walking around. And uh, so it was me, uh, two of their girlfriends and like seven enormous black guys in South Bend, Indiana, which was in a strip mall, you know, which was a pretty, pretty unusual mixture. Uh, and they were great, you know, really charismatic, fun sales guys, but they didn't know anything about computer tech and neither did I, but at least I could learn it. So right. if, if that was like one minute ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a great gig just like figuring out like, how do I run a windows, uh, but it was an NT probably at the time mm-hmm. server. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were like running everything out of the strip mall and I would like build the HTML and, you know, talk to the clients. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, I, 
and I worked, I loved it. I worked literally like 16, 18 hours a day. I would sleep in a, my van. Um, I was living in a halfway house. I mean, this all sounds really, yeah. <laughs> really kind of bizarre. Uh, that was through the university. It's a whole uh, other thing. Uh, Long, but uh, like I say, I ramble. So the point is, um, you know, I taught myself a bunch of stuff. I ended up going back to school. I finished my degree. And when I got out of college, I went to New York, talked my way into a um, web agency. You know, because it was like, hey, it's 1998. Can you fog a mirror? Yes. You are a nah. web developer. <laughs> Fantastic. We need, we need a lot of people because there's yeah. a lot of work. And... Um, you know, I, I didn't have a design degree. I, I could draw uh, from, you know, having grown up doing it. But I was, um, uh, you know, I, I was no match for, like, the real designers. But I came in. I was willing to work super cheap and uh, work super long and do production. And then through that, um, kind of found my niche as a Flash guy because Flash mm -hmm. was, was just coming up. And, in fact, it's funny how people's affection for things um, – you know, my favorite version of Flash was Flash 3.0 because it was just basically motion graphics and like caveman interactivity. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like press button, tell target, go to, and stop. Mm -hmm. And right. I was like, cool, I can do that. Um, and when Flash 4 came along, I just, I just saw this planet passing in front of the sun because it was like, mm -hmm. now it's all about coding. I suck at that. And there's this guy in Japan and look at what he just did and I'm just screwed. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so it's one of those things where it's like even though your slice of pie didn't get smaller, like the big the pie itself got bigger. Mm -hmm. And now, mm -hmm. so so this is something we've dealt with with Photoshop for years. People love the feeling of mastery, and we keep moving the goalposts faster than they can run. Right. And so even mm -hmm. though they're getting more, they're feeling worse, hmm. which is a sort of a perverse thing, and it's yeah. it's sort of inexorable. But anyway, blah blah blah. So the point is. I went out there. I loved what I could do. I hated Flash. Like, I loved the Flash output. I loved the Flash format. I loved the Flash mm -hmm. player. Uh, I hated the Flash authoring tool. Right. And hmm. um, so I, when um, different companies would come around, like Adobe and Macromedia and these guys doing, like, server-based um, graphics processing stuff, I'd always give them a piece of my mind. Like, I remember the Illustrator team came in, and they budget, like, oh, well, you know, we'll talk to you for, like, 45 minutes and a couple other people. And literally, like, three hours later, I think they kind of staggered out of my cube and uh, I hate giving them this, you know, grand tour of like, here's how freehand works. Here's how Illustrator works. You got to check out this Paceworks object dancer, like these crazy obscure apps. And then I would like go and mock up UIs and be like, see, this is what you really should be doing. And finally, I think to shut me up, they're like, all right, we'll hire you. Because then <laughs> if you're not actually a customer, we don't have to pay attention. Right. Uh, we, can, we don't have to listen. <laughs> now. Exactly. We don't have to be polite. So, um, so yeah, they, they hired me. I was uh, living in New York. They brought me out here. Um, office where we're sitting right now in Fremont. And um, was that your first uh, experience in Seattle? Yeah. 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 I, I had, uh, I'd only driven through, I, well, all right. My first experience in Seattle uh, was during that time in college, I was in Navy ROTC. And so I was on um, a cruise and my job was, they call it the duty driver. So basically like you get a van, right? And mm -hmm. it's dudes on shore leave. And you can imagine where they want to go. And so my whole knowledge of Seattle was like, it was like Alaska way. Um, so like sitting in this borrowed Air Force van in the rain on my 20th birthday right. in my little white uniform, uh, like waiting for the radio to go off and be like, uh, you with the lucky lady or like whatever it was, you know. And so all I knew of Seattle was like, it's dark, it's rainy, and there's like four strip clubs. And uh, so that was my experience of Seattle. So then years later, they're like, oh, hey, dude, you want to? Go live there. Yeah, I'm like, well, uh, dark I don't know. and rainy. And <laughs> <laughs> it's not really it hasn't my. Much. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, 
No, I, I didn't know. Goddamn port towns. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. And the funny thing about our ship was, uh, you know, normally it's like dudes are out for six months at a time when they come in. And you can kind of understand why like 19 year olds right. would want to go nuts in port. But we were on the smallest ship in the Navy, so it couldn't stay out for more than like two or three days. So we literally like just <laughs> been in San Francisco, like, you know, 36 hours earlier. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, sure, leave. You know, yeah. I got to tear it up. And right. I'm like, well, I know that's the culture. But <laughs> hey, man, we're, we're these guys had the best. The, the best tour that there could be, right? Yeah, yeah maybe. So twi- Except, twice a week they're in port. <laughs> Except they, I think they made like 12 grand a year, so right. Uh, right. Yeah, I, it right. probably wasn't great for them financially. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, so yeah, that was my, I, so I moved here in May of uh, 2000. Nice. And that was for live motion? Is yeah, that, that was live motion. So at that time, up on the third floor, they had this thing, the Internet Products Group. And so, if anybody remembers Live Motion, you know, if I had a hat, I would tip it. Um, but you're probably confusing it with Go Live, which was the other product we made, which was the HTML tool. So it was right. like Dreamweaver. Uh, and that was an acquisition, right? That's it was right. like right. a yeah. German company That's right. or something. Yeah. We're still I with remember us. using yeah. Go Live yeah. Cyber Go Live Studio. That's back right. In the day. Yeah. 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 The company at that time was called Go Live. And then right. when Adobe bought it, they made the product name Go Live. Right. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, a bunch of, I was just telling this new hire, it's a bunch of like brilliant German dudes smoking on a balcony. And yeah. Yeah, I will write some code now, you know. Yeah. And uh yeah, they're still doing that. I remember the the cool um uh the drag targeting yeah, thing. Yeah, the little yeah, pickle. Yeah. 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 In yeah. fact, yeah, that uh, cool. yeah, that that was one of their signature Earth. things. Uh-huh. And um that's the thing like I I I felt like with NetNewsWire and um it was just like really crafted software like you just get the sense that somebody gives a damn, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's I felt that way with with Photoshop and with After Effects, and um, you know, finally meeting Thomas Knoll as well, like right. s- similar to Bill Atkinson, like um, somebody where th- they do these little things that they don't have to do, mm-hmm. but like with Photoshop, you know, I often say it's sort of like a tree. You, if you, you cut it, you can see the rings, and you can tell how old something is in Photoshop by its physical size, uh-huh. because you can right, tell sure. like what the yeah. um, the minimum screen requirement was right. at the time. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so back in the day, you know, screens were were tiny, and they didn't have room for a reset button. Although that would be really useful, like if you're in curves or whatever. Um, and so there's it, and this still works to the best of my knowledge. If you hold down the Option key, the cancel button in most dialogues turns to reset. Hmm. which is just this little mm-hmm. nicety. And you right. can tell that Thomas and Mark Hamburg and those guys just wanted that for themselves, and they wanted to make something crafted. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. And mm-hmm. it was even to the point working on Camera Raw, I remember this one time, I, I, I love keyboard shortcuts. I actually edited a whole book of keyboard shortcuts once mm-hmm. uh, for Photoshop, which is... Uh, ladies, uh, <laughs> you know, but um, that's impressive that there could be a whole right. book. Oh yeah, could be right. yeah. Oh, yeah. and and the, I still uh, I can yeah still stump people with this like weirdly canonical yeah. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Of those. But um, um, so yeah, that level of craftsmanship really drew me to certain tools, and and Photoshop was one, After Effects was another, and Go Live. You could tell those guys loved craftsmanship and they were really mac guys like on a right. really deep mm-hmm. bone yeah. level and they were the ones who would care enough to to put in this this little thing where if you would try to drag let's say like um a link field over to um an image you you know if you just dragged it over great it would associate it. but if you dragged it and you didn't make it and you let go it go whoosh, like yeah. this little mm-hmm. whip yeah. animation yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. which i'm sure like in system seven was some crazy hard thing to <laughs> right. do. Exactly. But, i can't uh, even imagine right yeah. but yeah. They, yeah. you know they oh, cared yeah. and yeah. And years later, I got to work on Photoshop Touch with them, and it was really fun because, you know, bizarre idea of fun. You know, sitting around at like 9 p.m. in Germany, drinking beers with this guy, and we'd be like, 
you know, doing like the control two finger zoom in mm -hmm. on different apps and be like, he's like, ah, look at the the baseline alignment on this text mm -hmm. field. Yeah. That sucks, yeah. you know, and oh, what kind of Philistine would make a, right. a thing like this? How do you call yourself a man? Yeah. You know, and so I, I've always been drawn so to... So we talk about kerning. Exactly. <laughs> we have ways to, yeah. Um, yeah. It's nothing nothing like awkward World War II jokes with, right. uh, with those guys. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I've, I've always just been, been drawn to perfectionism and people who love that stuff. Right. And um, I think that's what's great with with the Mac community and, and the iOS community. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, I've driven Volkswagens for years and it's like they're not luxury cars or anything, but they've just got those little details. Like you pull mm -hmm. you pull down the little handle and you let it go and it, it kind of is dampened, right? Mm -hmm. It's like on a gradient. Right. Or, you know, all the, um, the buttons for the windows, one touch down and one touch up, all the way around. Mm -hmm. We're just right. going to go ahead and get that right. right. You know, in every other car, it's like you know where your money was saved. You know somebody just mm -hmm. didn't give a damn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And I, I love that feeling with software. So, um, you know, I, with, with Thomas Knoll, um, when working on Camera Raw, I remember once I thought I was clever. I, I'm like, ah, well, this keyboard shortcut and this keyboard shortcut, like if you add those together, I'm going to tell this. And I even started writing an email to him. I'm like, wait a minute, I should probably check. And you know what? He'd already done it. <laughs> it was like, yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I aspire to... Uh, be worthy of, of hanging around with guys like right. that. Have you found that that uh, attitude towards software development and that perfectionism is makes it is difficult in a corporate environment like Adobe, where you have a lot of pressures to ship on certain schedules and, and uh, yep. meet certain dates, for instance? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I say to people, do you want consistency or innovation? And they go, uh, oh, wow. Well, I want both. I'm like, yeah. well, I want both, too. Right. You know, it's like I... I want a car that's really big and fuel efficient and fast and powerful and lightweight. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I'm not going to get that. And, you know, I think the nature of of any large project, you could see this in Mac OS, you could see it in Windows, you could see it in, you know, almost anything, is um, it can't all move forward all the time, particularly as it gets bigger. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, like I say, you can carbon date parts of Photoshop and it's sort of sad and weird that something is still the way it is. And no one on the team would ever mm -hmm. bite you on that. In mm -hmm. fact, when there was all the controversy about Flash, you know, it, the irony for me was I had come to Adobe specifically to build a web standards animation tool. The fact that it happened to emit Swift files was always meant to be this temporary thing. It was like, mm -hmm. of course, it'll be SVG and CSS, and that'll be great. Right. We were just literally 10 years too soon with that. Um, but with Flash, I ended up being this uh, sort of perverse defender of it because I said, look, there's a ton of shortcomings in this thing, mm -hmm. right? Everyone here would agree with you. Everyone on the Flash team. In fact, you think you've got complaints. Nobody like the developer. Like, oh, no, you, yeah. you want something to complain about. Uh -huh. Look at this weird bug. And you're like, oh, crap, I didn't even know about that. Well, yeah, let me show you where the bodies are buried. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, my take there was, look, um, is, it, is it deeply flawed? Yes. It's like democracy. It's... It's the worst one, except for all the other ones ever tried, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to step up with those web standards? That would be great. You know, I've been literally waiting for a decade. But in the meantime, let's not be too hasty to throw this under the bus because it's done be better than the rest of us right. put together. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like, you know, working on Photoshop and things, um, yeah, why why shackle yourself to this thing? I've right. I've often had these fantasies of like, ah, oh, run free. And, you know, just hook up with an indie developer and we'll go make something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that could be fun. Ah, maybe Gus Mueller would hire you. Yeah, well, you, you know, <laughs> I, Gus is a good guy. Yeah. Um, but, Acorn's an awesome act. And Acorn's, yeah. yeah, he does a great job. Um, 
another guy who cares very deeply about craft. Oh, right. Gus right. is, you and, know, and, um, yeah, one and of the I, shining I, examples. Yeah. Well, and that's the reason I'm sitting with you guys. It's like I've followed your work. I've admired that for a long time. And um, but for me, um, the the big motivation um, and why it's del- why it's rewarding to work at Adobe is um, a these products do reach millions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you when you put in some little thing in Photoshop, um, people notice, you know, and it, it affects them. Like, um, it's funny, I was listening to Nevin Mergen and uh, Koi Vin once just on Twitter. And uh, this was with regard to, I don't know, CS5, CS6. But I think Koi was the one saying, he had noticed that, um, and frankly, this was just a bug. You know, it, basically what used to happen was, um, like if you duplicate a layer in Photoshop, it's like, okay, you have layer one, then you have layer one copy. Okay, fine. And if you duplicate a layer set, you get layer set one copy, right? But if there's layers in the layer set and you duplicate the set, th- they shouldn't get the word copy appended mm-hmm. to the layer name, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, like here we're like way down in Nerdville, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. people use Photoshop like 12 hours a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's Koi, super respected, um, you know, high-end designer. And he's like, bam, that's worth the upgrade. The fact that you stop putting the word copy on it. <laughs> and great. here comes Nevin, who had raked us over the coals about the 12 different slider types in Photoshop. <laughs> you know, totally goes about, I got hung up on him. I'm like, must please this one, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. Croatian dude in Portland. You yeah. know, like must win his accolades. Uh, but, well, he's a pioneer in the use of uh, dropping vowels. So. There you go. Yeah. Exactly, before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got to be worth a billion at least. Oh, for, at least. For, uh, just for that. Yeah. Um, a billion what? I, I don't a know. A billion two, I think, is next. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I don't know if that's Bitcoin or, or, or right. what. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I forget exactly how we got here. No, just, just um, I guess the, the fact that when you make even those little changes, like if you just sit there, it's like you, there should be like an Iron Butt Award, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, well, before we can do all these cool things that, we, that you know customers want, we got to get to Coco, you know, right. and in the course of getting to Coco, we can't screw up those little things people love, like right. the, you know, cancel turning to um, uh, reset, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So that's the thing we realized with with Photoshop was like, I mean, it's sort of like, oh, I just want to take this Victorian house and rehab it or something. And it's like, man, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of spider webs and, and rickety bits, but there's a lot of craft. And it's like mm-hmm. people, like literally with houses, people don't even know how to make some of the you know, okay. fixtures or the or the kind of glass anymore. Right, sure. And and it's sort of like when people were like, oh, you know, this was a frustration. I ended up linking to Brent's blog years ago because customers would always come up, yeah, I just want you to make a Cocoa app. I just want you to make a 64-bit app. And I'd say, why? And like, well, I want it to be faster and more Mac-like. I'm like, okay, great. That is a great thing to ask for. Mm-hmm. Right. The, there are many ways to make it faster and more Mac-like. Doing it via Cocoa may or may not help with that. Right. In fact, it might hurt us. It may make it slower. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say it will always, but there are trade-offs. And um, it was always maddening to me because, you know, look, people are busy. It's like if I say, uh, people say, I want lower taxes. And it's like, well, right, but do you want a fire department? Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, they don't necessarily think right. through right, um, sure. what the real request is. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's been frustrating sometimes because, there are little things you know people would love. And in fact, one of the, the most successful things we did in the last couple of years on Photoshop was this thing called JDI. And we inherited that uh, from the After Effects team. And JDI just stands for just do it. Because mm-hmm. you have the sense that you're like, damn it, I know if like one dude just cared about this and just sat down for like a day, he could just knock this out. Mm-hmm. And that's often true. Now often it's not true because it's you know yeah. the end of some weird chain of dependencies. But, um, but often it is true. And so we would solicit feedback, and people gave us a ton of feedback. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of CS4, CS5, CS6 is just 
sweating those details. Mm-hmm. It's things like copy, you know. And so, I mean, my my first um, when I first joined the Photoshop team, um, they had just put in the healing brush, and you know, it's like this total Buck Rogers, you know, gee whiz math of like some sort of I don't know heat field solve or something. So I don't even know what it is, but it's very impressive. And uh, so that would get this huge applause when I would demo it. The other thing that got almost as much applause was the fact that when you would double-click the name of a layer in the layer stack, you could rename it right there. And people probably right. don't remember anymore, but it's like it used to pop a little dialogue, dialogue. right? Now, right. Mm-hmm. now, this is something that literally saves you zero clicks. Right. It's like the only thing it does is save your eyeballs traveling from lower right area of the screen <laughs> to the center of the right, screen. Right. Yeah. That is it. Right. And people went bananas for that, you know, just like on par with the Buck Rogers right. math of the healing brush. So... You know, I love um, I love those chances to delight people with the little things. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're right; it is. You, you guys know. I mean, any any aging code base, um, yeah. it gets harder. But um, it, I, I've been pleased that we've been carving out more and more time for those. And I think, you know, Adobe's philosophy now, especially with this whole Creative Cloud thing, is like it's kind of absurd to have you know, 18 or 24 month product right. cycles anymore. You know, if you, you talk to somebody who works at like Facebook or Smug Mug or whatever, like, dude, we're pushing new code like 50 times a day. Yeah. Like, it's right. just literally all the time going out. Right. And they, they, you never say to somebody like, well, which version of Facebook do you use? You know, it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know, the current one? Isn't there just one? The right. one. Yeah, right. the one. Everybody's on the one. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get to that model. And I think what's cool about it is if if we can address the, the you know, concerns people have about subscriptions and get get that model to work, then we don't have to sweat um, the Big Bang stuff as much. Now, mm-hmm. we still can. I mean, you'll still want to have the next healing brush or the next whatever, but you don't have to try to artificially stick those things in. You know, because in the past, it's like, what's going to catch your eye, mm-hmm. you know, when you're looking through the upgrade list or whatever? Mm-hmm. Is it worth right. my time? And it's like, no, if you're just on the plan, you're just getting that stuff as it's ready. Right, As sure. opposed to like, oh, crap, well, right. we wanted to just do all JDIs, but we need, we need some sizzle with the steak. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, an example is just uh, Retina Max show up, and everyone in Photoshop wants Retina Photoshop. And if you had to wait 18 months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to see that update come, that would yeah. be really painful. Yeah, it but, would. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's one, too, where, you know, people were really, I was, you know, this caught me unawares. Um, you know, they showed Photoshop on screen or on stage yeah. at mm-hmm. WWC, which was great. But then it took, you know, another five, six months yeah. to actually get it out the door because a lot of details are. Well, yeah, and, and it's things like these subtle subtle uh, nuances like, um, you know, in the video community, people want generally a dark background. You know, they're mm-hmm. dealing, you know, dealing with video and, and for color mm-hmm. perception, they like it that way. Some people in photography are the same way. Then again, other people in print, they want a light background. You know, they want, they tend to have more, like more paper white stuff. So, of course, with Photoshop, there can't be just one right answer. Okay, so let's put in a slider, right? So you can have variable mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. But we've got all of these icons in the app. And so now there's like four times as many icons, right? right? Because you've got, you know, super dark, super light, medium dark, medium light. And then it's like, oh, by the way, we're going to need a 2x version of all those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh. it, you know, not a bit rocket science, just a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. so it took a long time to go through and redraw a lot of that right. stuff. And you could always say, well, you know, um, you should just do it in vector. But, you know, as guys like Nevin will tell you, it's like, if you really are fastidious, you yeah. know, you yeah, don't trust some subsampling thing. You just right. go and make the right version for that res. Right, right. And if you're a fastidious designer, you want your tool exactly. to be exactly. that way. Right. And you'll yeah. notice, and it will it will be like a hole in your shoe mm-hmm. if we don't do that. Right. Yeah, we'll and, and you won't trust time. the tool. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah it, back to the VW thing. I remember before I bought my Jetta, there was an ad, um, and all they showed was the antenna. 
of a Jetta. Mm-hmm. And it had this little like, helical mm-hmm. wrap on the thing. And they were like, they'd go and explain, like, blah, 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 you know, this reduces wind noise. Yeah, yeah, and like, But the punchline, which they called out, was like, now, if we spent that much time on the antenna, what do you think we did with the engine? What do you right. think we did you yeah, know, with right. the parts you can't see? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's often, you know, maybe sometimes irrational. Maybe they'll be just, be like if you had, you know, you went to an interview and you had some, you know, ketchup on your shirt or something. Mm-hmm. It's right. like, you could be the most thoughtful, you know, articulate, composed guy, but it's like, you can't even keep ketchup off your shirt. Right. So, you know, sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not, but, but people do pay attention to those things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I I always say my proudest thing in CS5, this is, it's slightly tongue in cheek, but, but, but not really, is that, um, now in Photoshop, the first time you hit command H, it asks you, do you want to hide the app or do you want to hide the selection? Right. Right? And I know the BB edit guys did this because they were in the same boat where for many years, you know, there was no OS convention there. And um, what finally drove me to action was listening to some designer, and he was like, oh, effing, you know, Adobe, mm-hmm. these guys are so on Mac-like. Look, they overrode Command-H. Yeah. And I was like, I'll tell you the life of the mind. I'll tell you. No, goddammit, you got to understand. You know, we, right. we had this thing for 12 years yeah. before freaking OS X showed up right. and, and Bogart did the thing. Uh-huh. But it doesn't matter. Because yeah, doesn't the more matter. time goes by, the more we look weird and wrong. Right. And... And yet, if you change command age, a bunch of people will freak out. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So there isn't a right answer. And so this was in the midst of all this cocoa, car, you know, carbon, crazy death march. I, you know, the, the team tried some really ambitious stuff. It didn't work out. Then we were like really up a creek. And it was, you know, some really smart guys came in and, and heroically were able to move things over. So just the fact that we shipped it all, much less also cocoa, also 64 bit, was great. But yet, through all that, my, my favorite thing, just because I actually had some control over it, this is mm-hmm. the mastery thing, um, was the fact that I, I got it so that when you hit Command H, you would ask. And of course, it's not just a one guy puts in that feature. It's right. like, right. there's this guy who puts it in, but we have our own editable keyboard shortcut system, mm-hmm. which is wired to the, our own workspaces system, yep. which is like wired to this other thing. Yep. So you got to get like those guys on yep. board and then get mm-hmm. QE approval. Right. It's got to be translated right. to the 70 languages. That exactly. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. And so right. often it's like, why would you be so proud of like a this little freaking dialogue? You know, which kind of bugs me. And it's like, why don't you know? Can't just get it right for me. Um, but but it's those little bits of, of nuance and craft mm-hmm. that I think um, now it's sort of funny. Maybe you guys experience this. It used to be like you know, ten years ago, you go in a coffee shop, you see a guy with a Mac, you'd be like, hey, what's up, brother? Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Give him, like right. this little like yeah. you know, like hey, paisan, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And now, um, not I, I never want to be like the snobby jerk about this, but like. You know, you'll see some Marketroid finance mm-hmm. dude or whatever mm-hmm. rocking a Mac, and he's like, yeah. you know, it's like are you typing with your fists? You yeah. know, and you're, like, you're not worthy of this thing. You're like, look at this unibody construction. Like, you're, exactly. you're a Philistine. Um, I always but, liked Macs before it was cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be like comic store yeah. uh, guy. Yeah. But, uh, I, but, but yeah, I mean, now it, it's funny because it, it's no longer this niche yeah. thing. Right, and and yeah. uh, John Gruber made a comment the other day, which was really interesting because, you know, the, there's this awful Steve Jobs line, which refuses to die, which is like, if you see a stylus, it means they blew it. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, if you require a stylus, it means they blew it. Right. Totally with you. Mm-hmm. Having a stylus, no more blew it than like having a hardware keyboard. Right. You know, sometimes that's better. Right. Um, so it sucks that, you know, uh, iOS styluses can only be so good because of the way right. the sensing works. And I get why economically they don't want to build in the yeah. more expensive, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Gruber pointed out, like, won't it be ironic if, you know, Windows 8, uh, tablets become the niche play yeah. for artists. I've seen that happen. Uh, There's you know, more and more point, artists yeah. who are mm-hmm. trying out the 
um, surface and, and yeah. using the stylus and yeah. producing their web art with it and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, it could happen. Yeah, really and you can go into like Metro Tile Land uh, mm -hmm. and do certain apps, and then you can cut over and be in Photoshop. Right. And you don't mm -hmm. have to stick it onto yep. a keyboard. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they've still got work to do around, you know, battery life and thickness and everything. But, right. you know, that multiphasic thing's kind of cool. But it's just funny that, you know, now, you know, the masses are using the Apple products, right. and yeah. it's like, the fastidious people might, yep. God help us, com come to use the Win 8 stuff. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could very well happen. It's weird. Like, I just was in a charity run this weekend and I finished, and a guy in front of me had an Apple shirt. And I was thinking the same thing. Like, first thought was, Apple guys should talk to him. I'm like, wait a minute. There's yeah. everyone here's probably got an Apple I know. shirt on. I like, know. why am I going to yeah. talk yeah. to this guy? That's just I know. Weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, hashtag before it was cool or yeah. something. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't even like saying that I work on apps because I feel like it's like, yeah, you and everyone else. Everyone else, apps, right? right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. all right. I was yeah. kind of doing this before. Yeah. It's funny. Whatever. I want to thank our sponsor for this episode and for the entire season, which is Windows Azure Mobile Services. Uh, it's an easy way to get started writing syncing and backend services for your iPhone and Mac apps. Uh, it's based on Node.js, which is cool. You're writing in JavaScript, and uh, you're not having to learn, you know, any .NET libraries or anything like that. It's it's standard basic stuff. And writing in JavaScript, I find, is kind of fun. Uh, what I didn't know before I got started was that JavaScript has blocks or closures, uh, much as Objective-C does these days. And so, you know, your code actually kind of looks similar in, um, in Xcode as it does in your favorite text editor as you're writing your mobile services codes. You know, you've got, um, you've got blocks, you know, which do some asynchronous thing and then call you back on the main thread. And it's really pretty cool. My favorite feature uh, is the custom API feature. And now when mobile services originally shipped, you could just do uh, the basic CRUD operations on on your database tables. But now you can design entire custom APIs. If you want to go the full REST route, you know, um, using JSON, of course, as your data type, uh, you absolutely can do this. You can, you know, design whatever API you can put down on paper, you can implement using the custom API feature. And that's really, really nice because that's, um, you know, that's just a heck of a lot better than, you know, oh, just being able to get and set from database tables. You can add any kind of uh, complexity that you want and and also make sure that things are, are as efficient as possible make sure that things are as sensible as possible so custom api feature really cool thing something i like a ton thanks again to windows azure mobile services and you can check them out on the web www.windowsazure.com slash ios so let me back up a little bit to that uh Talking about the the cocoa transition for mm -hmm. uh, Photoshop, like mm -hmm. was that as much of a bombshell to you guys when uh, on the WWDC stage they were like, uh, "Oh yeah, no carbon for sixty four bit." It was. Yeah. Yeah. God, I remember that moment. Yeah. That was right. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, it was. It was a surprise, and I, I think you know probably to a lot of folks at Apple, um, you know, and it's something where you know I've never look. It's Apple's business to run the OS, right? They're the stewards of that, and it's. You know, it's their call what technologies they, they need right. going forward. Um, so I've never um, had issues with that. It, but it is hard when you don't um, necessarily have a lot of warning. Yeah. And then it's hard to explain to customers that, okay, you know, here was this path we were going to go down. We could have delivered the thing you wanted. Um, but now we can't. And right. 
you know, one of the most trafficked posts I ever did was, um, it's funny because I, I never met Gruber at this time and, uh, my son had just been born and I was on the hook for explaining to the world why there was going to be a 64 bit Photoshop, uh, CS4, I think, Mm -hmm. and not a Mac 64 bit CS4. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just wrote this guy and I'm like, Hey, seem to have a popular site. Like I didn't really know during fireball at the time. And, uh, you know, I come home like completely bleary eyed, you know, like my wife just delivered this child and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, uh, hey man, I just want to tell you the truth. Like, you know, uh, you can say what you want, but like, just so you know our side of the story. And, uh, and you know, it, it was like, yeah, uh, there's a lot of super passionate, um, Mac users, uh, on the Photoshop team. I mean, going way, way right. back. Um, and yeah, it was really, really hard not to be able to make people as happy as we wanted. Right. Um, you know, and, and, you know, with Coco, and again, I have no, I'm not a coder, so I can't even speak to the merits or you know, pros and cons of, of the internals. Um, I never had any beef with Coco. Uh, what was hard is when uninformed users would come up right. and beat you with a stick mm-hmm. and say, why aren't you a Coco app? See, mm-hmm. if only you were a Coco app, then all this thing would be better. Mm-hmm. You know, if only, you know, if only I were more muscular, then I'd be blah, blah. And it's like, <laughs> well, then you get into more fights and then, right, you know, right. you know. Yeah, so right. it, you kind of be, be careful what you're asked for. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a hard thing. There were some really, really super, super smart folks. Um, I mean, what what the team tried to do. Um, there's actually a video about this on my blog, um, which which I can give you for the show notes yeah, if you that'd want. Yeah, be great. Um, but you know, it's a bunch of of Photoshop folks talking about this. Um, this we saw it. You know, there's like I think Ram Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, hey man, if you got to be in there deep and doing all this craziness. It's like today the Corleone family takes care of business. Like we're just going to go and we're going to solve all this stuff and we're just going to do it at a stroke. And, you know, they had really cool, to me, sound, you know, cool ideas about, um, you know, having these sort of like GUI development tools in-house, mm-hmm. which would do all the super modern stuff and be really efficient and cross-platform. And, and, but the problem is because um, the starting gun went off at a time other than right. what we expected, that's, it just wasn't mature. It wasn't tested. And mm-hmm. we'd kind of had a couple year roadmap, like, okay, we're going to build out all this stuff. And then when we do this Cocoa thing, um, that'll all be ready to go. Or if, and when we do it, you know, right. will, will right. there be enough customer benefit that we should do all of that as, as opposed to the other little things we want to do. Um, and so it ended up being pretty disastrous to just to be honest, um, yeah. just because, you know, it hadn't been vetted. And so our estimates of, how long it would take to do certain things were just way off. Mm. And so what ended up happening is um, they took a lot of what exists and modernized it, but just somehow on the edges. I don't, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they, you know, what's great is it ends up delivering the, the benefit that customers want, which is, uh, you know, the app can use more more RAM, which is obviously mm-hmm. the 64-bit mm-hmm. benefit. Um, you know, and they were able to make some some performance enhancements. But to me, it was one of those object lessons in, you know, the perfect being the enemy of the good, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, well, let's go boil the ocean. And it's like, well, maybe that's not going to work. And I'm still amazed at, at the fact that they were able to come in with a plan B, which was, mm-hmm. um, much more practical and still deliver on the schedule that we, uh, we planned. Nice. Did that impact the features you were able to deliver for that release? Did oh, you guys absolutely. have to scale back? Yeah. Then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I burned out individually. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> it was, it was a perfect storm for me. It was, um, we were working on uh, this whole migration. Um, suddenly, we had more managers of every stripe. Um, you know, because in this world of like 
it's one thing to build an app, but then if you're going to do like a, a creative suite, mm-hmm. you know, then you need, it's like people who talk to the other people who oh, talk yeah. to the people, right? So mm-hmm. it started to grow like all of this big matrix of, of dependencies um, for sometimes good reasons. It's like, okay, you want to come up with this technology that'll let data move around, you know, through these things. It's like, okay, so you actually need a lot of planning to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not incompetence or, or just bureaucracy or anything. But because of that, you end up... Um, you end up sharing responsibility and authority mm-hmm. with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, so here it was where the pie had been split more, I felt, like, in terms of like what I can actually affect. And then the pie had also been radically shrunken, where it was mm-hmm. like, hey, here's, you know, I know the, the mythical man year and everything, but you think about, okay, here's all these units of human effort that you can put towards things you know your customers want. By the way, say goodbye to three quarters of that. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Because, you know, so then I'm like sitting around twiddling my thumbs. I'm like, boy, if I could just split in half and become two, you know, <laughs> 20, 22 year old college hires, at least I could write some code <laughs> right. that would, uh, that would move uh, us forward. Then right, I could help right, the customer. Right. But like me and all these other managers, like, what do we, what do we do? And the other thing is we had just had uh, a second child inside of 16 months. Oh, yeah. And so it was, I, I totally, quick. Yeah. yeah, I kind of hit the wall yeah. because I it was like, bet. look, I, I can't, I can't, um, I can't do the thing I came here to do, which yeah. is to build the app I want to build and and to make people happy. And I have to keep tap dancing and explaining, yeah, yeah, such as you know, you know, copy getting appended to a layer or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. if it's not that beef, people have fifty other ones, um, and they're all legit. And it's like, well, the reason we didn't do all that is because all our guys were doing this thing, and they're like, oh, well, okay, Coco. So what are the benefits? I see uh, none. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, yeah, you, you can <laughs> now you can use more RAM. Well, but I'm a web designer. I don't need a lot of RAM. Well. Sorry, but you're going to be paying that price. So, mm-hmm. so um, um, sort of mirac- miraculously, um, things did come together, and we actually had a really a good set of these JDI features. And then the one that came in at the last minute was content-aware fill. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of times you plant these seeds, and you never know which ones are going to grow or how long they're going to take. You know, things like the healing brush. I mean, for a long time, that was apparently like make it blurry tool. You know, it was like, it just, yeah, this should work, but it never worked. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every so often then um, something will happen. And, you know, content of where Phil, you would see these demos and they were really cool. And it was like, well, how long does that take to run? Oh, about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, on like a giant image? No, on like this, you know, like 640 <laughs> oh, by 480. It's like, yeah, I can't ship that. Nah. You know, and so um, it was only um, in in sort of the home stretch of CS5 mm-hmm. that that uh, technology matured enough to be practical. Mm. Right. And I think it would have been a good release anyway. Um, it would have been like very meat and potatoes. Right. But that added some some gee whiz sex appeal. Right. Um, and it's, it is, you know, much as I, I poo-poo that, hey, that's fun to ship too. It's really sure, nice yeah. to have that mixture. It's like, yeah. hey, let me get your attention. And then, by the way, look at all this JDI stuff. Mm. That's what you're actually going to notice day to day. Right. Yeah. That, you know, that feature seemed to me to be a hallmark of a change where Adobe was going outside of the company to find people doing interesting things and bring the technology in. Like, yeah. Is that something you guys proactively did? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, there's a guy uh, named David Salison who heads up the advanced tech group. And uh, he was a professor at uh, University of Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he was at ILM uh, back in the day. And what you realize is there's this very small world of super smart guys like that. And right. they all know each other. Mm-hmm. And they all like... Well, you know, this guy is at like BYU, but he also consults with Google. And so we'll end up doing um, projects where Adobe funds it partly, you know, maybe Microsoft funds it partly, um, Mm -hmm. some university is doing it. And so um, uh, there's a bunch of guys in Israel, um, which is where content or scale, which was like the the, um, seam carving thing Mm -hmm. uh, that CS4 Mm -hmm. came from. And so 
yeah, they've um, they've cultivated these great university relationships, and uh, to this day, I can't believe these guys think I'm I'm worth having in the room for these discussions. <laughs> but you know, it's it's like the whole reason they hired me. I, I told Adobe, I'm like, look, you you realize I don't know anything about anything when it comes to business or spreadsheets right. or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I. I'm not looking for that. We already have those guys. What we don't have is a customer who actually lives here right. in-house. And, right. um, you know, we just hired this woman on my new team um, a week ago. And, you know, she's in her early 20s, just like I was. And it's like, you know, now I've become institutionalized. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm, I've been in Shawshank so long, I'm like, you know, can I, can I go pee? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to ask. Right. Um, so you, you need, you know, I, I've traded one, one craft or set of skills for another. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to bring in that fresh blood right. and, and uh, keep people honest. Right. Mm-hmm. I was always disappointed. You know, Adobe used to have a magazine. Mm-hmm. And I thought yeah. that was the smartest thing as we were working on, I was working on InDesign, and mm-hmm. primarily that was the market we were going mm-hmm. after. And uh, it's like, this is great. We have people in-house who are using the thing that we're building yeah. for real. Right. And when right. they canceled the magazine, I was like, that is just such a bad idea. Like, yeah. it's worth losing money on that yeah. to have that access uh, as you develop your software. But right, right. Yeah, you it could, And it couldn't have been that much money, I would I, think. Yeah, I don't know magazine. why. Honestly, yeah. who knows right. why it really got shut Well, down, and, you know, you know those things have come and gone. They always do. Yeah, I, I, sure. yeah there's... there's the thing about Adobe is it's now such a, not that it wasn't before, but like even more diverse company. And there's all these parts of it, like there's the marketing cloud. What is the marketing cloud? Right. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, boy, we'll help Nike run a multi-million dollar ad campaign and right. like more efficiently place their ads and like do right. pre-roll in front of streaming video. And you're like, that sounds super. I don't right. know. You know, mm. so what you'll find is there's these pockets where, you know, people are doing like really cool um you know, developer tutorials and, and training materials and right. um, sort of magazine-ish stuff. There's a, if I'm not mistaken, there's still um, like a, a magazine that's done for the iPad, you know, yeah, but right. it's not, it's not as obvious. It was like, oh yeah, Adobe, they make PostScript, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Photoshop, Illustrator, PageMaker, right. you know, right. back in the day. And it's yeah. like, oh, I know those guys. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, now I think what people, are, what customers are struggling with a little bit is this idea that um, Adobe's moving more into services and cloud stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, What's, what's felt really weird to people, I wrote a long blog post about this the other day, is it's sort of like we're saying, you know, picking up an apple and going like, look at this awesome orange. And don't you want to, you know, you pay, pay for it using orange currency. And I'm like, I think that's still an apple. No, I insist. It's, <laughs> it's actually an orange. And like, but I've always known it for 23 years, it's been a freaking apple. And it's like, well, you know, so it, it's a little weird. Now, uh, or a better metaphor might be like, you know, a, a mechanic doesn't rent his wrench, right? You just go mm-hmm. buy the wrench and right. get the wrench. But... He might rent uh, a workspace where they have some tools provided and they've got electricity and they've got this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, well, when you, when you put it that way, it's like, okay, but you've been, we've been selling people wrenches so long and mm-hmm. now we want to rent you this workspace. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, but I, I just want to keep doing the wrench thing. Right. And yeah. like, yeah, but we think, you know, to solve mm-hmm. bigger problems. Like, I mean, that's, I, I think, I think what, what we realize is, is um, you know, there's sort of diminishing returns at some point. It's like, okay, like if my mission is, let's say, to help photographers, right? I mean, photographers have been under all kinds of duress because, you know, it's so easy to, you know, so, so many people get SLRs now. It's so easy to rip off their work. And it's like, okay, you know, that's really put a crunch on people's incomes. Um, so, you know, as somebody who loves that craft, what can I do to help those people sustain the craft? And it's true that, yes, the next great Photoshop feature or Lightroom feature helps them, but it can't be the only way to help right. them. Like, you got to think bigger mm-hmm. and you got to think broader and be like, well, how do you even find clients? Like, how do you how do you monetize your work? Like, how do you protect your mm-hmm. work? How do you you know? There's all these other questions. You're like, oh, 
well, yeah, those are questions. I just didn't think so Adobe you, cared right. about those. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're, we're trying to kind of redefine the playing field. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's not an overnight thing. Yeah, you know? no challenge. Yeah, has Black & Deck, Decker ever helped the home handyman expand his business? Right, right. Right, that's yeah. a great question. I always, uh, it's probably apocryphal, but I, I always love this quote that's attributed to the Black & Decker CEO, which is, uh, people come to us not because they want one-inch drills, but because they want one-inch holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, man, and good it's one, so yeah. easy for all of us as people who love technology. And like, you know, we're sitting here, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm doing like the Doctor Evil stroke the cat thing with one <laughs> hand on the other, like, oh, look at, you know, um, Lauren Brichter's, you know, little yeah. fastidious thing or whatever. Like, we we got into this trade because we love the tech and we love the craft, but it can be easy to get lost in that and like. Mm-hmm. You know, I often say, like, to this day, Adobe couldn't ship Instagram because we'd still be debating, like, right. now do you need 16 sliders per filter or 35? Right. You know, you couldn't, right. you couldn't ever say, there aren't any sliders. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the genius. And right. it's like, if you can't go too far right, you can't go too far wrong. You press uh-huh. the button, you look cooler, and you get on with your right. day. Right. And, and, but we would have been like, well, but see here, look at all the, you know, Kiwi brings up these edge cases. One of these images don't look mm-hmm. better. And it's like, mm-hmm. you get two guys, <laughs> you know what? It right. looks better. Right. And, and so uh, it, it's, it's hard to remember to look at those one-inch holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I think um, having the blog, hiring, you know, sort of in-house customers, and then as much as possible actually practicing the craft yourself right. mm-hmm. keeps you better grounded. Yeah. So what do you do to practice the craft yourself? That's a great question. So with photography, it was pretty easy, especially having little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, so it's like, great, you know, I'll, I'll um, get the SLR going. Although, like everybody, you know, more and more I shoot with my iPhone and I edit stuff with Snapseed and, mm-hmm. you know, I post it directly. And, and it, it The best camera is the one that you have. That's right. You, right. Or, yeah. you know, Nevin had some tweet. The best camera is the one you have with you that has a F1.4 prime lens. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but other, yeah, accepting that, yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, so that was easier for me than, than like, when I was doing uh, web design stuff because, you know, uh, I wasn't necessarily, like, building web pages mm-hmm. in, in the way you, you would otherwise have to, like, mm-hmm. or forcing something all the way through the pipeline from, like, Photoshop, through Flash, through whatever. Um, so now I've been doing mobile software, and um, we're, we're really interested in storytelling. I think it's okay to disclose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I blog that we hired uh, this woman, Bianca, as a, as a storyteller. And so I, won't, I can't yet go into a lot of detail, but um, that's just such an inclusive term or such a broad mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah. and you think it's like, well, everybody has stories. I mean, here we are sitting around right. telling stories. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you think about, well, how, how can those help people be effective? Mm-hmm. You know, in and, and what context? Well, you could be a student. You could be a, a guy doing a Kickstarter pitch. You could do, you know, you, you want to get a, your NGO, you know, nonprofit funded. Um, so, so that's a really interesting big canvas to play on. And so um, I've been, you know, able now to, to do a lot of traveling around mm-hmm. and talk to journalists and talk to, um, yeah, all kinds of interesting folks about that. So, um yeah, hopefully you'll you'll see some more soon, and, cool. and then you can see how we actually put it into practice. Seems cool. like that's a really uh, different approach for Adobe too, because uh, traditionally the software Adobe has made has been for professionals, mm-hmm. and then occasionally there's attempts to scale those down to a more consumer level. Right, right. But it seems like everything in mobile right now is far more oriented towards the consumer. Yeah, yeah well, I mean that's just a simple numbers game. It's like mm-hmm. you're not going to get 200 bucks a copy for anything on mobile. I mean, unless it's like some home security right. monitoring mm-hmm. thing. Sure, yeah. It's like right. 12 guys who buy it. 
Um, so it's like, well, you can either get uh, a lot of dollars from a small number of people or a small number of dollars from a lot of people. Right. And I think Adobe recognizes that, um, you know, to, frankly, to stay top of mind and, and right. relevant, you know, as people are coming up, um, we need to be where they are. Right. You know, it honestly, it's not easy to make a business case sometimes. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's like we were just talking about the Tumblr acquisition. It's like right. now, have they ever made any dollars? Right. You know, and, right. you know, his, his Instagram. I mean, right. uh, Troy Gall is a guy who, you know, works on the Lightroom team. He, he was at Apple. And, and uh, you know, I, I think he's probably made more money than Instagram has made just because he made an Instagram client app. Right. You know, and charged a couple bucks mm -hmm. for it. Um, so it's it's hard because now uh, people are getting accustomed to everything being free and they're not valuing um, the creative tool directly, right? So for mm -hmm. example, like Blurb uh, makes a page layout app and they give it away. And you can do whatever you want with it, but they give it away so that you will make Blurb books, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. their, obviously okay. their key thing. Um, you look at Instagram, you know, they get bought for a billion dollars. They're just giving away the imaging tools mm -hmm. because they want to get hundreds of millions of people into Facebook, and then mm -hmm. uh, Facebook basically sells your personal data, right. Mm -hmm. right? right? And that's the same play with Google. They just came out mm -hmm. with some imaging stuff. They bought Nick and uh, you know, Snapseed. Same exact play. So, you know, they're moving to a place where, uh, yeah, no one, no one's paying for the tools. Right. And so, um, you know, and it, but hey, that's the way economies are supposed to work, right? They put some more pressure on us. We better, better do something awesome, or we're not gonna, you know, right. not, you, you can't. Nothing's uh, entitled. Yeah, right. right. So mm -hmm. we better because uh, th that's the other tough thing is that, um, as I was saying earlier, you know, we can move the goalposts faster than people can run. And so, you know, it can be hard to um, sometimes to come up with things um, that are, are really game changing. Everybody says, mm -hmm. geez, I wish Photoshop, I wish you'd do something like layers again. I'm like, <laughs> oh, right. You, you mean go from like, right. you totally can't do this enormous class of stuff uh -huh. to like, now you totally can. Yeah. And right. I'm like, but do that in year 23 of product development. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I bet you if that was possible, we might have thought of it, you know. Yeah. Already did layers. <laughs> right, right, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I, I mean, I've blogged about this and, you know, sometimes joke with uh, Gus about it, like talking about things like HTML layers in Photoshop. Like, mm -hmm. you know, are there, are there really big, crazy mm -hmm. redefining things you could do? Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Um, honestly, because, I mean, there's, there's things I wish I had done differently. Maybe because I was too focused on trying to do something amazing and breakthrough. Mm -hmm. I didn't focus enough on just the, the little stuff. I mean, I, I said, well, I don't want to just, like, people, people always uh, say, oh, these apps get bloated, you know, and, and uh, all this redundancy. But it's like the Onion article that said 98% uh, of Americans favor more mass transit for others. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I just wish all these all these apps worked the same way. I'm like, what does that mean? Just change everybody else's keyboard shortcuts to be just like mine. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it's like, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's not going to happen. Um, and, and there are things you can do. But, but you know, um, you know, the insight for me was, yeah, um, be thinking of the next next thing, the breakthrough thing. Um, but sometimes it is okay, you know, just to go and, mm -hmm. all right, now Photoshop, we've duplicated some Illustrator feature that's been around for 20 years. Right. And no, we don't get to feel like gold star for breaking new ground. But it's like deleting copy from that right. layer name. It's right. like just mm -hmm. these little things that, hey, man, that's what I do all day. And it's, it's humble. Right. That's it, software. Yeah. Right. It yeah. works. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, working on a massive product like Photoshop, I mean, I don't think people have who don't do software development have any idea of how many lines of code and how much goes into making these yeah. things, you know? Yeah. 
Um, did you ever just want to just blow it all up and start over? I oh, mean, yeah. did, how do you Always. how do you come combat that <laughs> urge and stay focused and stay excited to work on that huge huge ship all the time? Yeah, well, it's like we were talking about data from uh, Star Trek earlier, and it's like yeah, I have these little fantasies. Like if I was the T one thousand, you know, from Terminator <laughs> two, like. Yeah, I'd go around like I'd, I'd solve the war in Syria and everything, and I'd just like kill the bad guys and stuff. <laughs> but I, but mainly like I wouldn't have to bring my keys anywhere because I could just like pour my index finger into the lock, <laughs> like it's the little hump and stuff. Like, and so, dude, yeah, I like totally go cure cancer and stuff, and yeah, like yeah. run that all yeah. my calculations per second. Yeah. But but probably I would I would just go and, and like redo Photoshop from scratch, mm-hmm. you know, just throw away all the bad stuff and keep the good stuff. Um, so it started off as a using the Mac app framework, yeah, way I, way back. Right. Uh, how much, if any, of that has been has survived, uh, been reworked in one way or another? I mean, that is a good question. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder about And I don't know if it still says this. We should launch Photoshop and see. Right. But I think somewhere in there, in the uh, credits, it still says copyright 1989 Mac app. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Awesome. Uh, you know, as an outside developer on Photoshop, I've been amazed at how much the SDK looks almost identical to, to the way it did in the very first iteration of that SDK. Yeah. Yeah. There's like still mentions of, you know, resources and yeah. Mac resources and whatnot. Like, well, like, yeah, you, you know, that's what's funny is, um, so for anybody who doesn't know, Photoshop was written by two brothers. So there was mm-hmm. Thomas Knoll who wrote the core app and he was, uh, I think he's like a grad student at, at Michigan uh, where his dad taught. And then his brother John was working out um, in uh, the Bay Area uh, at ILM. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically Thomas wrote the core of the thing, and then John wrote all the plugins that he needed to get work done, so like lens flares. I mean, he mm-hmm. still makes right. an old light factory. Uh-huh. In fact, my friend went and was working at ILM, and he's like, yeah, you don't know how intimidating it is to be like uh, <laughs> using Photoshop in front of one of the co-authors. <laughs> but what's great is he's like, ah, that lens fade doesn't look so good. Hang on. And I'll like go recode you a new one. <laughs> and I'll like, ah, I'll try this one. Um, <laughs> oh, so man. what was cool about it was it, it, it was this incredibly limited uh, data transfer from mm-hmm. what I can tell. Mm-hmm. It's like basically the core app says, yeah. uh, hey, other thing, basically other process or app mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, I will give you a grid of pixels, mm-hmm. and then you give me back a grid of pixels. Yeah, right. Or you cancel. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I will just replace the one with yep. the other. And it's super caveman, but that's been proven incredibly scalable. Yeah. Um, I mean, over the years, I was always pushing, like, can we have, like, plug-in rendered layers? And we have this, mm-hmm. this much richer mm-hmm. system. And we did actually to a degree. Like, we use QuickTime to, um, you know, p- be a data pump. So, like, mm-hmm. as you would scrub a video, it would be, like, right. a dating Photoshop mm-hmm. layer. We have a 3D engine that does the same thing. Um but yeah, by and large, it's it's been that old old faithful stuff. And you know, again, I'm not not a coder, but um, I've always wondered why Apple doesn't do more of that at the OS level. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I think one of the tragedies of uh, of the '90s and OpenDoc and Corba and Olay and all that stuff was like they were so ambitious right. and then kind of cratered mm-hmm. that we haven't gone back no and done wanted to e- go back the, right? Yeah. right even just the basic stuff yeah. that they do do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, working on Photoshop Touch, it was like. Good Lord, the last thing I want to do is spend these guys' time re-implementing all these things that are already done as apps. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Tilt Shift or you you name it, you know, Denoise right. mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, why can't those things register on the system and say, hey, I'll take a grid of pixels. Yeah. And then, you know, right. when you're done, I'll hit OK yep. and send it back. And you see more of that. Like now you can copy from the camera roll. You can paste in a Snapseed. Right, right. You can send to Instagram. But sure. it's still right. like, it's it doesn't feel uh, like a very well-trod path. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wish... Um, it was like Mac System 6 before yeah, System 7 right. added yeah. Apple events and scripting. I will take your word on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that in our little circles have been one of the hot topics of discussion recently has been, uh, I think it's audio bus on iOS. So mm -hmm. you can basically mm -hmm. have a way to transport audio around between different apps. Mm -hmm. And it's like everyone's super excited by this because yeah. yeah. what it could open up. And yeah, I would love to see some things like that with pixels and other types of data. Yeah. And as around. an innovation, that sounds like 1992. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not like a big but deal. You know it's just, yeah. It just didn't exist. Then, but it matters. Right? Yeah. But just like what we were talking about, fine. Don't break any new ground. Just right. do 1992. Yeah, That's yeah. better than totally. 1987. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like, sure is. it doesn't have to be world beating, and mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. that's the most enduring stuff. It's just yeah. just those simple things. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. So one other question I had for you, uh, in terms of like kind of a, a Mac guy working on stuff at Adobe, is um, has it been a challenge for you to to do cross platform software? And you know, Adobe seems to have a real drive towards uh, you know. We're going to have the Adobe UI, mm -hmm. and it's sort of mm -hmm. platform neutral. Mm -hmm. And has mm -hmm. that been? I'm sure there's. Customers that give you feedback on that. And oh, like, think you know, just as a, a Mac user yourself, like how does how do you approach that? How do you deal with that? Problem? So, so are you thinking that like Mac users might have opinions about yeah, about interface elements? And do, yeah, right. Well, I can't imagine yeah. why. No, no, <laughs> never. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I always, you know, it's like they they say in the army, it's like you only worry about a soldier when he stops bitching, mm -hmm. and it's like I feel that like with with myself as a customer or with other customers, it's like man, the worst thing is that people didn't care. Right. That's yeah. the worst thing. Right. Um, like. It, it's like they say that the Mac was the first computer good enough to criticize, right. you know. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it, it's challenging because what I've tried to explain in a few different blog posts is it's not a cut and dried situation, right? Um, there are absolutely merits to being as faithful to the OS as possible. Um, on the other hand, there's also merits to being cross-platform, mm -hmm. and you know, knowing that like, hey, you move a, a document back and forth. They're like, oh, I need to get on somebody's Windows machine and do some work, and it's like, boom, there's Photoshop, and it's the same. Mm -hmm. It's like once I mentally swap Control, you know, and um, Alt, you know, for Option mm -hmm. and, and yeah, Command, yeah. boom, like I'm there. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny because I think a lot of what you know, basically, you know, because because the apps were born um, on the Mac in many cases, you know, they they've established these conventions and actually brought them to Windows, things that, mm -hmm. you know, maybe started with Mac Paint. You know, it's like, you right. know, shift equals 10 of these or option means copy that or whatever. Right. And, and you know, it actually brought a lot of Macness to the right. world at large. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a, it, it's a really interesting philosophical discussion where, you know, there's, there's very strong voices inside Adobe who want there to be, uh, like, a visual signature. And they want there to be, like, a, a, a brand, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't matter, like, if you go... And you know they they raise good questions. They're like, okay, um, you know, if you're running um, some web content on an iOS device next to you know some native content, and then you switch to your desktop and you're reading that stuff, like, should you have three different visual languages? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, or maybe they should be the same. But to the extent they're the same, um, they you know they they may be out of step with the core OS. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I remember uh, Gruber linking. To uh, I think it was somebody talking about tap bots or the the uh, like tweet bot or tweet, oh sure yeah. anyway mm -hmm. one of those it's like extremely like you can tell they've loved every pixel right they've mm -hmm. really yeah. crafted mm -hmm. the thing now because of that it's their thing right yeah. it really yeah. looks mm -hmm. looks like their thing and it was funny that um, you know he quoted somebody talking about oh they're so Android like yeah and I realized uh, like. Okay, whoever said that doesn't know anything about Android. Right, right. All they know is it looks different. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, you get these, you know, 
uh, you know, old people uh, talking about politics and like, well, you know, blah, 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 these communist countries are coming after us. And like, <laughs> literally still saying that. You, know, right, like, right. you never knew what communist meant to begin right, with. Right, right. You don't Com know what... Communist Muslim... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you yeah. just say these words, you don't mm -hmm. really know. And... Um, so people say, oh, uh, Photoshop is Windows-like right, or, right. or, you know, this tweet thing is, is Android-like. And they just mean, you know, things like Command-H. It's those little right, things right, where right. it's like, you know, my Jetta started smelling crayons. Why did it smell like crayons? <laughs> I don't know. It's not the worst smell. <laughs> right. But again, it makes you think that there's probably <laughs> right. something deeper yeah, yeah. going on that's yeah, probably exactly. not right. Right, right. You know? And so, um, yeah, it, it's been hard. But but there, I guess what I try to, to do is, is strike those balances mm -hmm. and... Um, you know, like in, I think it was CS5, um, we did do a, a, a shortcut change where we made a command tilde cycle through documents. Mm, right. And that was another one where, boy, I mean, it, it's sort of like if you just took a guitarist who's, you know, been mm -hmm. playing 20 years, and then you're like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to move the strings a little bit apart, right. you know, yeah, or right. just move the frets and they're, they go mental about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame them. Um, and you're like, but listen, this is. This is the way forward, and because we did that, then we can make command one equal zoom to 100, percent and we can mm -hmm. do command, you know. And so there were a bunch of like cascading things, right? But you can never take those lightly, you know. I mean, the the, the flip side of like, oh, you got rid of the copy thing, and that's worth my 200 dollar upgrade, is you broke this other thing. I'm now not going to upgrade, mm -hmm. and I don't care that you put in, you know, a healing brush 9.0. Right. right, sure. If you've screwed up like my muscle memory, that's going to take me six months uh, to retrain. Um, well, then worse, like take that deleting a copy thing. Mm -hmm. um, there are people who have probably come to rely on that bug, who like exactly. visually they right. look for that extra word copy and they That's know right. they're in yeah. that copy layer. And, mm -hmm. Or they've written and actions that depend oh, specifically that on right. it. Right? Yeah. And so right. that's where, you know, people like, oh, if you, know, you have a preference in software, it means they failed. They didn't take their, you know, editorial uh, position or, or whatever. And it's like. Yeah, and your ivory tower, that might sound good. But you mm -hmm. know what? We're not going to just go break a bunch of stuff. Right. And so, um, yeah, we have to have a lot of, like, kind of legacy backdoor things. And eventually we can get rid of them. But you know what? Like, there was a um, there was a command. Before we ever had, like, the real 3D stuff in Photoshop, there was this uh, thing called, I think it was 3D Transform. Yeah. yeah. Like, super archaic. So you might mm -hmm. remember it. And it was kind of a neat demoware thing. It was, like, in the KPT era. Like, right. Like, mid-90s, mm -hmm. right? And it would, like, extrude something onto, like, a Coke can shape roughly. But it really was, you know, archaic and ghetto. KPT uh, is Kai's power tools. Yes. That, <laughs> right. Again, like, yeah, right. Nice. It's some old, old dude. Yeah. Or maybe Kai in his castle in Germany. It's like, what? My ears are... Like, he's got a Google media, uh, a oh, Google man. alert. That stuff name. was just so cool at the yeah, time. Yeah, it was. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, in it. fact, uh, we, we have the designer who worked on it, uh, oh, who, cool. who's the guy who... Uh, yeah, he, he's been working on the, you might have seen Adobe announced a stylus uh, yeah, like two weeks yeah. ago. We were all like, what? Um, but yeah, he's in that group working on it. Anyway, um, so so this 3D transform thing, uh, you know, sort of for an embarrassing long, long time, we didn't have any instrumentation in the app to know, mm -hmm. like, what are people using or not using? Right. You know, we could rely on them telling us, but sometimes that's inaccurate. Yeah. And so we never really had any data, like... Do people use this 3D transform thing? And we're like, nah, nobody ever mentions it. We'd ask, hey, world, do you care? Mm -hmm. We're going to get rid of it or, you know, not bring it forward to 64-bit or something. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just not keep right. reinvesting in that. Uh, but our our caveman analytics was, hey, we just drop that thing. And then we hear immediately <laughs> every single person who ever, you know, either, right. either reliant on a bug or a feature or even reliant on a bug, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, you know, people joke about being bug for bug compatible. Uh -huh. But... You know, sometimes you have to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. Uh, what, what did we not ask you that you yeah. would have told us about? 
Oh, um, about my art car. Yeah, tell, tell yeah. us about your art you car. You know, just uh, I'll just say this because I was thinking we're sitting here in Fremont, and um, I never knew Fremont when it was deeply weird. You know, mm. it was already Adobe was here, and and then Google came in, and all these other companies. So now it's like a little yuppie enclave. Um, but when I started here uh, in 2000, you know, I um, I just come from New York and. I didn't have any sense of what kind of money Adobe would pay or, you know, software. Mm. Uh, I just knew I was happy in my job and I thought, you know, boy, I'll, I'll, I'll take this job. I'd be willing to take a, a big pay cut to go to Adobe. That'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out this was the height of the dot-com era. And there was like, you know, the stock was going way up. And um, we hired Run DMC to play a party. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it was probably a bad sign that like the coolest thing I've ever done is it was like my first month here. It was like, yeah, let's get Run DMC. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, hey, everything was, was going through the roof. And um, I've always been, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I, I've always tried to keep it real. And... You know, at that time, there were like, I think, 18 people in my group, of whom five had Porsche Boxsters. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll be in this world, but I don't want to be of it. Right. You know? And uh-huh. uh, so I, I went out and I bought a 1984 Volvo wagon uh, <laughs> and with 200,000 miles on it because I just always wanted to paint a car. And I wanted to have the Flava wagon. And so, unfortunately, <laughs> stupidly, I let FlavaWagon.com lapse. There's probably some, you know, herbal supplement sitting there now. But... Uh, Janeac.com slash Flava Wagon uh, still exists. And yeah, I just went and just to be ironic, you know, mm. painted this car. And, right. you know, and it's like I was trying to get to the airport and like the radiator blew up, you know. Or I, was on, <laughs> I had no idea Seattle was so hilly. I was trying to go up a hill and um, the, the whole stick shift ripped off in my hand. <laughs> you know, it's so already like super nervous. I'm going to roll back into the guy. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, come on, man. You know, like waving people around right. as I try to manipulate the stub, you know, the, the, the nub between the seats, you know. Oh, so, it, like, it was kind of charming. Um, but it was, I guess it was my my way of, of being me, uh-huh. you know, and, yeah. and just asserting, like, I, I love what the company does. I love a lot of the people here. Um, I don't want to get so into it that I lose perspective. Right. And, right. and you become, you know, it, it's always a means to an end to me. And, and I'm super grateful. I, I, as I say, I love working here. But what I'm grateful for is the chance to, you know, meet other people who, who love the intersection of art and technology and frankly hijack their brains mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that that's always the mission. And if I feel that's that's ever getting out of whack, then I need to figure out the next thing. But mm-hmm. but right now I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. That's well, cool. you've had a good long run here. So uh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I never thought I've never done anything probably mm-hmm. for 13 years. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, when you guys are like. We'll all be uh, 13 years from now. You'll come in on our hover chairs, and you'll be like, <laughs> we'll just be kind of nodding at each other through our Google Glass for a, you know, and being like, oh god, you're still here, and you know, grown into the furniture. Yeah. By then, we will have stopped calling them Google Glass. We'll just call them Scobles. Oh, oh, damn, nice. I like my Scoble. Totally. Oh, well, you just, it'll just be part of your retinal yeah, right, pathway, sure. you know, and you'll yeah. just kind of like, yeah. you know, you won't even be listening because you'll be checking, you know, right. sports scores while we talk. So. All right. John, could you get me some more breadsticks? Yes, I, that would be my pleasure. Let me get to South Bend in my art car, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm back. All right. Well, thanks for uh, for being on the show with us and having this great discussion. I'm definitely looking forward to coming back, and then we'll talk post-iPhone and mobile stuff after you've had a chance to yeah. finish what you're working on. Cool. I, I would love that. that I, awesome. I think it's really exciting. I think, uh, I think for the first time in a long time, we're doing something fundamentally new nice and that is rare that you can say that so mm-hmm. uh well, yeah. thanks guys yeah this oh, is, thank you it's been a lot of fun cool